are listening to the podcast of the White Church at the Elk River YMCA in Minnesota. Our mission is to seek Jesus, connect together, and share His love. Do not worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Great. Thanks, Aaron. Having heard the word of the Lord, let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for the truth of your word this morning. May it cut through the noise around us. Lord, may it still the unsettled thoughts that may be within us. We come here this morning longing to hear your voice, to grow in trust, and Lord, that your peace would rest upon us. So we ask that you would speak to us now by your spirit and by your word. In Christ's name we pray and for his glory, amen. Well, this whole thing was not in our plans. In Minnesota, we might say, oofta. It's pretty wild times this week. Right off the bat, I want you to know that the staff and leadership team of the Y Church has been praying for you, and we will continue to do that. Our number one concern as spiritual leaders in the church is that you would be deeply connected to Jesus and that you would be cared for by your church family. So the most powerful tool that we have is to pray for one another. We will continue to do that, and we invite you to join us in that as well. Secondly, as Megan shared too, we know that there's lots of questions about what is going to happen as this all carries on. So will we meet for worship next Sunday? Will student ministry happen on Wednesday night? What about Y groups? And I can just assure you that the leadership of the Y Church is watching these developments We're seeking wisdom together, and we will stay in close contact with you. And so you can watch things like our e-bulletin in your inbox, our website, or social media platforms. And today, our connections table will also be a great place just to pop by if you do have any immediate questions. As for worship, next Sunday, we'll see, won't we? We'll see. As of today... The majority of churches in Elk River are still meeting this morning with us and having worship. We'll see what happens. We'll let you know if there'd be any change for next week. The good news is that as of today, we have this nice live stream option, 
And so we'll continue to lean on that, whether we're in person or not, so that we can worship together on Sunday mornings. It's just a very uncertain time. And just like you, I have been absolutely inundated with information and updates throughout the week from every organization under the sun. I mean, I got emails from banks and utility companies and coffee shops and every company that ever had my email address. So I come here today, I bet you're feeling it too, and just wanting to clear away the clutter and focus on what is true and unchanging. And one thing that has not changed is that it is the season of Lent. Lent has not been canceled. These are the 40 days that we walk every year leading up to Easter. And whatever happens over the next days and weeks ahead, Easter is coming. Jesus died and rose again, and he is on his throne. And so our message series during the season of Lent has been called Jesus Is. And we're standing on the things that have always been true about the Lord. And each Sunday we're finishing that phrase, Jesus Is, with a different word. And this week was supposed to be the theme, Jesus is wisdom, and certainly that would have been applicable, but we really wanted to get to the heart of the matter, and so we changed the direction of the message and our scripture reading, and so today we are talking about Jesus is peace. There are so many places in scripture where this simple, unchanging truth is declared, And we're going to share some of the most important over the next few minutes together. And so I encourage you to write them down, take them with you, to stock up on the promises of God for the days ahead. It occurred to me, you know, the shelves of the stores have been emptied. And let's not forget to empty the pages of our Bibles as well. God's peace is there to be found. And it's there to be found in inexhaustible measure. So you can have all you want from Scripture, and there is plenty to take with you and to share with others. We're going to begin today in that reading in Matthew 6, verse 25, so let's look there now together. Matthew six twenty-five. As we look at this passage, these are words that Jesus said in what's called the Sermon on the Mount. He didn't call it that, but we have for many, many centuries now. It's a block of teaching material that Jesus shared with his disciples on a grassy hillside overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And so we've got a picture for you to see this just idyllic scene there. You have to imagine first century Israel, picture robes and sandals, picture warmer weather than what we've got right now, and picture an outdoor classroom. And so Jesus is teaching his disciples in this outdoor classroom some of the most significant lessons that they'll ever hear. And isn't it interesting that alongside such big things as murder and marriage, Jesus is also teaching his disciples about worry. Isn't it interesting that alongside such big things as the Beatitudes and the Lord's Prayer, that Jesus also teaches about what to do with anxiety? It's no small matter as we have all seen and felt this week. And so in this outdoor environment, Jesus says in verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. And that's pretty all-encompassing, isn't it? And then to illustrate what he's saying, he points to the birds and the flowers around them in this outdoor environment. And he uses a classic rabbinic teaching style by making his case From the lesser to the greater. That's what he's doing here. So in verse 26, and you can follow along, 
Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And then see what he does here, lesser to greater. So he says, are you not much more valuable than they? Like if he takes care of the birds, will he not take care of you? And I just want to check in with you, how many birds did you see in a panic this week? I did see some birds. They're coming back to Minnesota. I heard some singing one bright morning out by the mailbox. Another time I saw a blue jay kind of enjoying this little feast at our compost bin outside, like some scraps of fruit that had been discarded. And I saw a couple of sparrows in a small pine tree perched there in our yard, and it looked to me like they were discussing where they're going to build their spring nest. And it reminded me, just seeing these birds this week, it reminded me of that old song that says, His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. So Jesus asks us in verse 27, Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And I'll be the first to admit to you this morning, I worried about some things this week. I wonder if you had the same experience I did. There were at least a couple mornings where, you know, you wake up and then that realization of what you're waking up to, what's going on in the world around us. And you think of it for the first time of the day and that realization would sink in. And at a time like this, there's, of course, all kinds of different things that we're worried about. Some of you, and some of you who are at home right now, you've been worried about your health. Maybe you're a senior, or maybe you've got an underlying condition, or maybe you have a condition of anxiety that has been triggered by these events and by the news, or you're simply worried about a loved one in your life. Others of us have been worried about what's going to happen with work or school, and maybe we'll know a little bit more after the governor's announcement this morning. The uncertainty is huge, and most of us are not used to that kind of uncertainty. We've got a pretty solid routine. It feels like our week is generally predictable. And that has just been turned upside down in this. For some of us, we've been worried about the financial fallout alongside all this other stuff. So maybe you have watched helplessly as your retirement account has decreased this week. Maybe you've watched helplessly as the stock market has tumbled. Maybe you're worried about your small business or the global economy, or you're worried about your company that you work for. There are so many big and small things that you might be worried about. Navigating this with your kids, if stores will get restocked, if the healthcare system will be able to keep up, if the number of cases in Minnesota continues to climb, or The other worries of your life that have been there before any of this started, they don't necessarily get pressed on pause. There's a great series of books for kids that's by Imagination Press, and they've got one about anxiety that's called What to Do When You Worry Too Much. And it compares, as you can see in the picture, it compares worry to watering a tomato plant. The more you worry, the more you focus on your worries, the more that they'll grow. So what do you do with all the worries that we've got? I mean, I feel like we've got a whole watering can full of worries right now. Well, the Bible says to us that we can trade them in. We can focus on something else. And I want you to listen to this passage from Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. 
Do not be anxious about anything. About anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Powerful words to take with you into this week. Do you know that this verse is on our YMCA prayer boxes? And why is that? Because it looks good, it sounds good to put on the display? No, it's because it's true. I drop in my prayer request. I put in my worry. So my hand is open to receive the peace of God. Worry is worry, but Jesus is peace. And that's what I'm asking for this week. I'm asking for less worry and more of Christ because he is not caught off guard by any of this, is he? And because if he cares for the sparrows that are in my yard, then I know that he watches over me. Back to our passage. After the birds, Jesus then points to the wildflowers around them that are on that hillside. Scholars say it's almost certain that Jesus would have been pointing to the poppy anemones that were around them. And there you see a picture of them. They come in reds and purples and pinks, and they still grow wild there around the region of Galilee on the hillsides. And Jesus talks about how a flower is here one day, and then the next it's gone. The lifespan of a flower, Jesus points out, is just a single season. And then there's this part, I don't know if it caught your attention, it it certainly did mine as I studied it this week. There's this part about them getting thrown into the fire, which might seem a little odd to us, because most of us probably don't gather flowers and then toss them in a fire. But that is how they cooked back then. So step back in time, 2,000 years ago, and wild plants were regularly used in Israel. They were dried out and then used for fuel in the klibanos. And that was their domestic ovens where they cooked their food at home. So Jesus says in verse 29, Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these, one of these poppy anemones. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Have you thought yet about this situation as a testing of your faith? I honestly hadn't until studying this passage, but there it is right in front of us, this link between worry and faith. Big, overwhelming worries that consume us are an indicator of little faith. And little faith says essentially, I don't think that God will take care of me. I mean, even if you don't speak that out loud, the voice of little faith is saying, I'm on my own, the situation is not under control, God is not going to provide for me. And so let's define it positively then. What is big faith? What's real faith? What's the opposite of worry? It is trusting God this week in uncertainty. It is a confidence that God has the power to act And that he will take care of me whatever tomorrow may bring. Jesus is giving us an invitation to trust in our Heavenly Father and his ability to take care of his children. 
And it's so interesting to read this passage in light of the Lord's Prayer that comes just a few verses earlier in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is giving his disciples a new framework for how to pray. When he says to them, when you pray, pray like this. This is not an Old Testament way of praying. Our Father who is in heaven. Our Father in heaven. Heavenly Father. And then what does he teach them just a few lines later in that prayer? Give us this day our daily bread. And he does. And I want to ask you to think about what is the loudest voice that you are hearing right now? What is the loudest voice? Is it the voice of little faith? The voice of big worries? Too much news and too much social media? You know, it is important for all of us to stay informed and to be proactive, but sometimes these weeks you will just have to turn it off. Turn off the TV. Put your phone away. That's important in ordinary times. How much more at a time like this? Or that tomato plant will grow so big it will ride you right out of your house. What is the loudest voice that you're hearing? I hope it's this one from John 16 where Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, he says. I have overcome the world. Let's look to our passage again where Jesus says in verse 31. He says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Anybody see people running after things this week? Some of us were out there with them. I was at Jim's Market in Zimmerman, and I have never seen that place hopping like it was on Friday. And all I needed was a pack of marzipan for a cake that my wife was baking at home. And the cash register looked at me like, are you sure that's all you came here for? Last night, though, we started to get a little nervous because the Walmart grocery app just kept crashing. Like it was overwhelmed with traffic, so we never did get our groceries ordered. And this week, I did ask my wife at one point, I said, so how many rolls of toilet paper do we have? You know, we have this tremendous opportunity right now to respond differently to what is going on. Jesus said, the pagans run after all these things. In other words, people who do not know the Lord. The worldly response, the response out of the flesh is to worry and to run and defend for ourselves. But what would it look like for you this week to be a non-anxious presence to those around you? Not that we're in denial or oblivious to what's going on, but that the peace of Jesus, of trusting him, would shine through you. How can you show that Jesus is peace in a flurry of fear? How can you serve others in a season of social distancing? It is possible. And I want to encourage you to be creative, as Megan said this week. Let's think of a couple examples. I want to encourage you to reach out to a healthcare worker this week. A nurse, a physician, medical care staff, 
what an uncertain time to be going to work and how critical a role they're playing right now. Another idea, this week what would it look like to pick up a phone and just maybe one person each day of the week call a senior citizen in your life just to check in. Someone from our church family, somebody in your life, in your extended family, maybe a neighbor. On Thursday morning here at the Y, we had Thursday Serve Day. And that's when we get things ready for church, and we have this great team of volunteers that come in, and they're folding bulletins and getting envelopes ready, folding spiritual vitamins for the front desk. And so we must have had about 10 volunteers who are serving here at the Y Thursday morning. And I think all of them are retirees, all of them senior citizens. And we talk together a lot about fear. Because they're recognizing, I'm an older adult. I'm in a higher risk category. I might have an underlying condition. And I would just love it if they each got a phone call from someone from their church family this week. Maybe there's something they're running low on at home and and you can even drop it off. You can find a way to help. Our kids are watching us and how we respond. And it would be a missed opportunity if all they saw was us answer the question, how do we stay healthy and how do we stock up? I really hope that they see us answer this question. How do we stay calm and how do we serve others? Your heavenly Father knows what you need. And who knows, you might be the answer that somebody else needs to see this week. We're on the home stretch of the passage now, and Jesus has told us so far what not to do in the face of worry. Now he's going to tell us what to do instead. And we get to this monumental verse in the Bible, Matthew 6, verse 33. It says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first. That means make it your top priority to be about the things of God. And this is not a verse for pastors or monks or nuns or weird spiritual people. Jesus is saying this on a grassy hillside surrounded by wildflowers and birds to tradesmen, to a tax guy, to teenagers, and to 20-somethings. He said this to people who are as ordinary as any one of us here. And any of us can respond to that invitation that he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. R.T. France paraphrases it like this. He says, The disciples' deepest wish and resolve must be to live in God's way. And so how will you live in God's way this week? How will you respond to his invitation to seek him first? And I tell you what I think will be one of the great temptations during this time. It will be that this whole situation consumes our whole attention it'll be our first thing everything that's going on around us the news the worry the wondering the waiting i saw the past couple days that online streaming services are now early releasing some of their content you know in anticipation of people being home so frozen 2 three months early it is now on disney plus as of today And you can buy, as of right now, Rise of Skywalker, also early released for your convenience. Now, I do hope that you get to curl up on the couch and you get to watch something good. 
We're going to do that in our house too. But the temptation will be for us to numb the weight and to distract ourselves and to mindlessly watch TV until we can go back to normal life. What an opportunity that we have right now to seek God in ways like never before. What an opportunity we have to be intentional while we're living outside of our norm. What an opportunity this is right now for us to be the church and to show that Jesus is peace. He says in closing, verse 34, Therefore, this is the conclusion, do not worry about tomorrow, March 16th. 2020. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Have you seen any of the videos of quarantined Italians singing from their balconies together? (laughs) If you haven't, look it up. It's just this beautiful picture. Their voices have inspired the world. And may it be so with you and me that as we finish our worship gathering today, our voices would not be stilled, but we would sing on. That we would sing it from the balconies and the rooftops. That we would be good news messengers in the world this week. That whatever comes tomorrow, Jesus is peace. That is the news that you are commissioned to leave this place with and to go out and share with the world that Jesus is peace, that I am always safe with him, and I have a place to stand. And all God's people said, amen. Let it be. Thanks for listening to the Y Church Podcast. For more information about the Y Church, check us out online at thewychurch.org.